on your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. On the 32nd edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, we preview the Victorian Women's Football League Premier Division Grand Final by catching up with Darabin Falcons star forward Darcy Vescio and Diamond Creek on baller Katie Loins. We also preview the Sydney AFL Women's Division 2 Grand Final with the Penrith Ramettes, Nikki Parrott. And we also preview the South Australian Women's Football League Grand Finals with our SA correspondent, Christy Williams. All that and more coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 32nd edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Plenty to get through, but first of all, a shout out to those who became premiers over the weekend. Let's first of all start in the ACT, where in the AFL Canberra Women's League, the East Lake Demons Division 1 Premiers and in Division 2 taken out by the Quimbian Tigers. Congratulations. Across to New South Wales, out towards Newcastle, where they had the first ever Black Diamond AFL Women's Grand Final and it was taken out by the Newcastle City Blues. Congratulations to the Blues and out far west of New South Wales into the SA time zone in Broken Hill where the Central Broken Hill Magpies won their fourth premiership in a row. Congratulations to those Magpies. And then across to the other side of the country, WA, where the uh, West Australian Women's Football League Reserves Premiers were the Claremont Piranhas. Congratulations to them and the league premiers, the Coastal Titans. They've had a dominant year. They uh, lost in an upset in the major semi-final, got their way back to the ground final where they knocked off Swan Districts and can I send a shout out to the West Australian Women's Football League on their coverage on Grand Final Day, particularly the League Grand Final sensational, Julie Nichols as always, class in special comments and how about that three camera footage including that roving camera that was going around the ground getting inside the huddles let me tell you when it comes to vision of women's football grand finals the WAWFL have set the bar very high and just quietly I don't think any of the other states are going to be able to match it congratulations to all those in WA a pat on the back now the Victorian Women's Football League Grand Final this Sunday, 2.30pm at Coburg City Oval between Darabin and Diamond Creek. We've got a special guest from each of those sides and they'll be joining us very shortly. But there's one thing I need to address very quickly. That is that girlsplayfooty.com radio have offered our commentary feed free of charge to AFL Victoria to complement their vision on Grand Final Day. And we believe we'd be providing the most professional and most accurate call in women's football. In fact, girlsplayfooty.com radio is the only live weekly call of women's football anywhere within the country. Unfortunately, AFL Victoria have declined that offer and are looking to get some part-time filling commentators to do the job instead. Naturally, we're obviously devastated here that our commentary won't be on the vision, but we will still produce our radio call like we always have. And you can tune in from 1.30pm Eastern Standard Time via girlsplayfooty.com or if you're out and about on your mobile phone, just download the TuneIn app for free from Google Play or the App Store and then just search for Girls Play Footy within that tuning app and you can hear the most professional call in women's football in Australia. We hope you will join us Sunday, 1.30pm Eastern Standard Time. 
Now I have on the line a star forward for the Darabin Falcons, an excitement machine, Darcy Vescio. Darcy, it's great to have you on the line. And just a few days out from the Victorian Women's Football League Premier Division Grand Final, how are you feeling? Are there a few nerves there? Well, I've been part of the past three Grand Finals, so the nerves are definitely still there for me. Um, But no doubt, you know, for the more experienced players in the team, I think they'd be just as nervous as I am. Well, let's talk about your footy career. I hope I get the town name correct. Is it Worley out in northeast Victoria that you started at? Uh, yeah, Worley. There we are, Worley out near Wangaratta Way. Yep, uh, what, that's what, right. what was girls' footy like out that way? Were you still amongst the boys at that early junior level? Yeah, um, I. well, I think playing Kick, there was maybe one other girl playing there. Um, and then all throughout my Kick years, there was maybe one or two other girls playing. And then... Um, through to junior footy, I was, um, I think I was, if, or there, may, there were maybe two girls playing um, in the league I was in. So, yeah, there's not, not much girl representation when I was growing up, but um, there's a few more now, which is good. And for you, when did you have to stop and when did you have the opportunity to take up footy again? Uh, so I stopped um, when I was 14. So I finished in year eight. Um, and when I stopped playing, I didn't think I was ever going to play footy again. I sort of just thought um, that would be it and I uh, just focused on other sports. Um, and then when I moved to Melbourne, uh, I think it was in 2012, um, I was lucky to walk into the Falcons. And who hooked you up, first of all, with the Darabin Falcons? Uh, well, I was playing football um, with the Wangaratta Magpies and one of one of my teammates, um, I think her second cousin used to play with Darabin and um, her dad was a really uh, women's footy mad guy so he hooked me up with the number and yeah just went from there. Is it a big shock when you first walk into a club like Darabin that A has been so successful and B their approach to football is so professional from whatever background you've come from? Yeah I was just blown away like I I, I think I was a bit um Naive, I suppose. I didn't think that women's footy would be at such a high level in Melbourne. Like, I think probably the only footy I'd seen was those sort of um, what are they viral videos of you know a girl pulling some hair or something that I'd seen. So I didn't think women's footy was was going to be um, at this level. Definitely not. Um, but yeah, uh, walking into Darabin was amazing. Just, yeah, as you said, the professionalism and just the culture down at the club is just second to none, I think. Now, we know you as a star forward. Were you always in the forward line? Did you start there when you started at Darabin? Uh, no, I, I actually started as the full back. So my first year playing there, I was taking the kick-ins and, yeah, I was just a, a back line player. Um, and it wasn't until, I think, maybe in that grand final that year, um, Richo put me in the forward line for a half or something and then it sort of um, built from there the next season. And from that next season, of course, you got drafted to uh, play for the Western Bulldogs. Do you still remember your name being called out? Yeah, um, I got drafted in last year's draft, it was, um, and it was pretty surreal. I was really hoping to get drafted. I wasn't part of the first year, Um but yeah, I was stoked to be called so early as well. It was really a dream come true. Yeah. And of course, you were retained by the Bulldogs, so you've played now three AFL Women's Exhibition matches. Does the intensity of those games keep getting harder and harder as the uh, as the years go on? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think the game's just getting faster and faster, and 
um, especially since more and more girls are, you know, coming through youth girls and, and just um, ha- having that um, exposure at an elite level, you sort of bring that back to club and then the club lifts another level. Um, so I think, you know, the exhibition matches at a wonderful standard the way it is, but I've said to a few people, like, that's just the beginning, like, what people at t- on TV got to see, uh, what the people got to see at home on TV is really like the bottom level that of what we can achieve and I think it's only going to skyrocket from here. Indeed, and, and this has been an interesting year, hasn't it been, for the sides in the VWFL? I, I guess if we look back last year, there was, at least for the elite players, there was 12 regular season games, a couple of finals and the exhibition match. Uh, this year, for Premier Division at least, you've had 15 home and away games. For those that played, there was a draft trial game two exhibition matches and a state game in between, let alone the finals as well. Um, for the girls, do, do they start to feel the pressure a little more and to try and you know have to keep the body together now that we're playing more intense football more often? Yeah, I definitely think that's the case. Um, I think everyone's probably just taken a lot more time in recovery and, and just really listening to their body and, you know, I think most clubs would be doing it, but down at Darabin, you know, if you're not feeling up to scratch, then you're not expected to train. You know, if you talk to the coach, you know, he'll um, maybe run a lighter session for you. I know our fitness coach um, looks at RPE for each session we do. So, you know, if it's been a big week or leading up to state or whatever, she might drop the intensity of the the entire training session just to ensure um, we're not overtraining or anything like that. so I think it's just really the small things we're doing at a club level really helps keep that balance because otherwise it's an amazing amount of footy we've been playing and it's, you know, getting to to the final Sunday, you know, you don't want players to be burnt out. Indeed, and there's been some unlucky ones. We know that Diamond Creek have had a, a number of injuries uh, coming out of that preliminary final and the exhibition game with Tiana Ernst and, and for yourselves yeah. as well, Astro O'Connor frightfully unlucky to do that ACL. Yeah, uh, I it, what happened to Aster and Tiana is terrible. Um, I hope uh, Doc is recovering okay. I know Aster's pretty devastated um, with her knee injury. And, um, yeah, I think she's been really positive about it. And, you know, she's just taking all the right steps with recovery and just trying to, um, you know, prepare herself for surgery and all that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, these things happen in footy and it can happen to anyone. And I think... Um, the girls were just really unlucky that it happened to them. But, um, you know, just their, both their levels of professionalism means they'll be back in the game um, as soon as they can be. And I guess one thing as well, you had some re- retirements uh, happen over the um, off-season, including with Natalie Wood. We know Julia Chiera yeah. was sitting out this year, but it's provided some opportunities, hasn't it, as well, for the likes of Alex Reynolds, uh, Datsun and Holden to come into the side as well? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, obviously, it's sad to see those players retire, um, and it, but it, you know, gave the opportunity for a few new faces. And uh, Reynolds and uh, Holden, they're both new to the game, so they haven't like this season was literally their first season of football. So they're doing really well, and um, yeah, I'm thrilled that they've been able to, you know, join the club and and learn lots of new skills and that kind of thing. Um, and it's awesome to be able to bring. Um, youth girls through the ranks as well, such as Datsun and um, Jenna from our team as well. Are you getting used to the forward line without having Breck, Beck Prevatelli to your left-hand side, knowing that she's now down the other end of the field at fullback? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been um, it's been pretty funny. Like, at the start of the season, Richo, uh, we call her Richo down at Durban, um, we 
you know, sometimes we'd switch between forward and back. So we'd, um, I'm sort of used to not playing in the same line as her because, you know, Richard, our coach, sorry, there's a couple of Richos. Our coach, Richo, would put me in the back line and girl Richo in the forward line and then he'd switch us over the next quarter. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm used to not having her around. But um, she's been a real weapon in the back line, so I think everyone's really happy to see her there. And as we mentioned with Asta's uh, injury, I guess it's allowed the opportunity for Shannon Egan to step up and, and, and take the lead ruck role. To be fair with Shannon, she's won numerous premierships with the Darabin Youth Girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shannon's another really talented player in our team um, and we're really lucky um, that she's such a good ruck, ruck lady. Um, and I think, yeah, Asta getting injured has probably put a bit more pressure on her to really refine her game and, um, and you know, given her that um, I guess the team's just um, sort of drawn towards her and, and giving her a lot of confidence um, in just playing her role. Um, and, of course, Asta's always mentoring her. And, um, yeah, it's just I think it's good for Shannon. One thing I'm keen to ask you on as well, and the one thing we comment a lot on when we see Darab play, is the composure that you have and how clean the skills are by hand and particularly by foot with some of the short passing. Uh, how much is spent per week focusing particularly on those skills and honing that part of the game? Um, well, every session we start with just kicking and marking. So um, I think probably the first 20 minutes of every session at least is spent on just those basic skills. And I guess it reflects on the game. Um, if you don't have the basic skills down pat, then the rest of the game just sort of falls apart. Like, we, you know, we have strategies and we have plays and that kind of thing. But, you know, if we're missing targets and if we're fumbling, it, it's really not much use. So I think um, our training, just starting with those skills, really sets the tone of the way we want to play. And, um, yeah, I think it's really paying off just the way we've been able to execute um, just our style of play. And Darcy, if you have a look at your opponents, Diamond Creek, who um, still, even with injuries, can always throw up a challenge, what do you think you need to do to stop them to make sure that they don't get into the game and you have full control and, and take out that premiership? Uh, yeah, Dymos, they're an unreal team. They always just bring such a, uh, I don't know, they're just so intense at the footy um, and they're just really difficult to play on. So I think... For us, it'll be about getting a good start and just making sure we've got numbers to the footy and just um, really that team style of play. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can get the jump early and then just get get that hard work done at the beginning of the game and then um, it'll take care of itself from there. And I thank Darcy very much for her time and wish her and her Falcons all the very best this Sunday at Coburg City Oval. Now it's time to talk with one of the opposition, the Diamond Creek Creekers, and I've got on the line Katie Loins, who also played with Darcy in the Western Bulldogs team at Eddie Had Stadium uh, just only a month ago in that fantastic televised match. Katie, thanks very much for joining us. You played in an incredible game game on Sunday. It was the preliminary final of the Premier Division. Diamond Creek versus Melbourne Uni. The Creekers were down by 25 points at halftime and came back to win by one point in, I guess, what could be called as a, a bruising, brutal contest. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it was very brutal. Um, you know, we got through. Unfortunately, there were some injuries there, but um, yeah, I'm feeling great and the rest of the girls are really pumped for the game on Sunday. Talking about injuries, let's rewind back a year. Um, if I'm correct, you did an ACL. How did that happen? Um, yeah, in the 2000 and final season, just before the finals, 
unfortunately, yeah, ruptured my ACL. And then last season, I had to have a, an episode. So, um, yeah, it put me out for two years, unfortunately, which was, yeah, really devastating. Now, what was the rehab like to get back to playing footy again in 2015? Yeah, it was really hard. And at the start, you know, I didn't have much support around in terms of physio and things like that. So you definitely had to, you know, um, speak to the girls and get as much information from the Dymo girls and then also, um, yeah, and then seek out other resources as well. And, you know, the Bulldogs have been great in terms of helping me with that. So, yeah, it's all about the hard work and, yeah, gym and just making sure that the knee's strong and ready to go as soon as I came back. And what were the feeling? What was the feeling when you were first running back out into the ground for Diamond Creek in that uh, practice game, that intra club match uh, early this year? Oh, it was amazing, and it's been a long time coming. So it's been sixteen months since my last game. So just to be back on the ground with the girls it was an amazing feeling, and yeah, it's just great to feel a part of the club. And it's really hard when you're not playing to feel that. So yeah, I just loved it and have loved this season. Is it fair to say it took a few games to try and warm up and get back in the swing of things? You were a little bit quiet in that first game, but uh, were a standout in that second match at Etihad Stadium. Yeah, it definitely took me probably about five games at least just to have that touch of the footy and then you know play my certain way that I do, which is just to attack the footy. So I was kind of second-guessing myself a little bit at the start, hoping that the knee would you know hold up. But yeah, it's been great since, so... And one thing we don't get to touch on that often is how was the experience with the Bulldogs with this year being that um, you had the two games so you're allowed to, I guess, have feedback and work with the coaches in between those two matches? Yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, we had a Facebook page where we had constant communication. So it was really good to keep in touch with the girls one, but then also the coaches. So we had feedback on our game and, you know, we had areas that we needed to work on and, you know, the girls definitely did that. For Diamond Creek, you managed to get the hustle on at the right time. I think in round eight you were sitting second last, but uh, by the end of the home and away season you finished second and got the double chance. Um, last week you found yourself, pardon me, last Sunday you found yourself twenty five points down at half time. What was what was said in the rooms to be able to turn that around to get that one point win? Yeah, we really just looked each other in the eyes and um, at half time on Sunday, and we just said, "Well, what aren't we doing?" So. It was all about, you know, making sure that we're supporting each other and intensity is harder before just the dino way that we play. And we said, well, what type of brand of footy do we want to play? And, yeah, so we definitely focused on that and our intensity. And, yeah, it definitely came through, yeah, to the group. <laughs> and what's the mindset been like with the group straight after that game, knowing that you're facing Darabin again? This is the fourth time in a row that you're, that you're going to meet the Falcons in the grand final. Yeah, well, every opportunity is different. And, you know, we're really excited and we're pumped and we're ready for the challenge. Obviously, we know it's not going to be easy, but yeah, we, I'm sure that all the girls will give it their all on Sunday, and hopefully, we come away with a win. And some players handed a big job, uh, for instance, with Tiana Ernst out injured, uh, Laura Corrigan having to go into the ruck. Yeah, and I think she's been great the last couple of games that she's played in the ruck, so I'm really looking forward to seeing her go up against um, Shane Egan on Sunday. And of course, you've picked up that Sydney recruit in Kira Giroux, who's just been sensational across half back. Yeah, she's been amazing. Her intensity at the ball, you can't, yeah, ask any more from her. She's been great. And I guess one question is, where would you be without Christina Bernardi? Oh, yeah. I don't know how she does it sometimes, but she just bobs up and, yeah, she's been great in front of goal and, yeah, she was awesome on the weekend again. And what's the plan for the Creekers uh, throughout the remainder of this week heading into Sunday's big grand final against Darabin? Um, Train on Thursday, so we had training tonight, and then just again on Thursday, and then just obviously keep the intensity up, keep the girls, you know, positive, and just ready to go for Sunday, I guess. And Katie, how are the nerves feeling for you heading into this big one? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, This is my first time I've played since 2012, so I'm just so excited to be out there and, you know, amongst the girls, and hopefully we can come away with a win and 
And I thank Katie very much for her time and wish her Creekers all the very best as they take on the Falcons this Sunday at Coburg City Oval. The Victorian Women's Football League Premier Division Grand Final bounced out 2.30pm. And don't forget, you can catch all the action on girlsplayfooty.com from 1.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now it's time to focus on the Sydney AFL Women's Division 2 Grand Final. The Gosford Wildcats came from the middle of the pack to finish the season at the top of the table and they will host the Penrith Ramettes who just made the final five and then worked their way through knocking off side by side from the elimination final including the Sculpts, the Shamrocks and the Auburn Giants to get through to the big dance against the Wildcats this weekend. And that's why I've got on the line from the Penrith Ramettes, Nikki. Killer Parrot. Nikki, thank you very much for joining us. Now, I believe yourself, you've only been playing footy for about two or three years now. Uh, yeah, it was uh, three years ago now, so I went to play NRL, actually, to begin with, and then when I went down for the trial, I saw the girls that I would be coming up against, and I thought, no, nah, this isn't for me. Uh, so one of my friends played for Penrith team, and she said, why don't you come down and give AFL a try? And I did, and it turns out that I loved it. And uh, you put on the jumper for the Penrith Ramettes. You've played 43 club games so far. A couple of heartbreaks in there, 2013 and 2014, making the preliminary final but not getting to the big dance. Yeah, there was uh, two years in a row there that we made it to the preliminary final. But, yeah, we lost a couple of points to uh, better sides, obviously. And, uh, yeah, this year we made it one further. So it was great. It's a great achievement. And for you, uh, what an honour in your first year being awarded the club best first-year player. Yeah, I know. That was a big achievement. That was uh, surprising too, actually. So that surprised me uh, in the best of times. <laughs> and you kept that form uh, going in 2014, the club best and fairest. And you actually won the Sydney Women's AFL Division 2 uh, medal, eight votes clear of Lyle Cassim. Yeah, that was uh, another big surprise, actually, because, like, you know, I played reps last year with those girls, so... I know what they're capable of, and to see my name come up as number one, it was a big shock. <laughs> uh, to start the year for the Penrith Ramettes, you're a little bit sluggish out of the blocks, and you found yourself uh, early on around the middle of the table. Uh, yeah, like any team, um, you know, you struggle to find your feet early on in the season. We have um, a few new girls come and join us this year, so we were trying to gain luck working around with those girls as well as the girls that we already had, um, you know, and through injuries and everything like that. But, yeah, I mean, we jolted in the middle of the season and took on our stride. And then, of course, coming into uh, coming into August, the situation was something like you needed to win two of the last three games to just get into the five. Uh, yeah, because we were sitting on uh, equal fifth, I think we were, and yeah, the coach said came to training one night and he said, "Yeah, you need to win two of the last three games," and we were like, "Okay, then we can do that," and we did, and we just keep winning games throughout the finals as well. So we're on a winning streak at the moment, so hopefully we can keep it up on the weekend. And it must have been quite daunting because these are the sides that you came up against. The first side which you knocked off was the Blacktown Magic, who the Magic, similar to yourselves, had a slow start, but then they had something like eight or nine wins in a row. Oh, yeah, and for their first year in the competition too, it was a great achievement. Like um, our first year, we were getting beat like 100 nil, so it was great for them to actually come into the competition and actually make finals. And then, of course, in the uh, minor elimination final, you knocked off the UTS Shamrocks, which were one of the sides which was leading the competition earlier in the year. Yeah, they're a great side too. Um, we've come up against them 
the last two years of the finals and we've knocked them out twice as well. So this is the third time that we've done that. So it was a bit unfortunate for them as well. Then you finally found yourselves up against the uh, Auburn Giants on the weekend. Uh, plenty of uh, publicity around the Auburn Giants Women's Footy Club. They actually had the jump on you, led at three-quarter time by four points. What was the message from your coach, Jason, four points down, three-quarter time, almost looking at being knocked out a third time in a row? Um, yeah, it was a simple message. Pretty um, Really, it was... That message that you just said, it was like he was sick of getting all the way to this point of the competition and then getting knocked out. And most of the girls agreed with him, and then we just took out. We went out and we uh, fought hard. It was a very tough fourth quarter, let me tell you. <laughs> Who had the honour of kicking the winning goal? Uh, a ruck, actually, Tom, uh, Renee Tompkins. She and kicked it from the 50 metres line, I'm pretty sure. She's got a boot on her. <laughs> Don't worry. As the years go on, if you win a premiership, it'll be a case of, no, it was 70 metres out. No, it was 80 metres out. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it'll it's get, always the case. <laughs> it'll get further and further back. So for the girls at the moment, how's this week been like, your first ever preparation for a grand final? Uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've only got training um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, so we've just taken it lightly in the first one. And then um, obviously come Thursday, we'll structure more as a team and we'll have a little chat and hopefully have a team dinner on Friday night and talk about the game and what we know about the other team and hopefully we can go in on Saturday feeling comfortable. Do do you think Blacktown International Sports Park will suit your style, that type of field? Uh, Yes and no. Like We um, have one of the big biggest grounds in the competition actually like here at Penrith so um, but the Blacktown field is actually quite wide so it will be a lot of running for the midfielders and the wingers um, so, yeah, hopefully our girls' fitness can hold out for the whole four quarters. And, of course, your opponent will be the Gosfield Wildcats. How did you fare against them earlier in the year? Oh, we've come up, them, up against them twice, actually, and then the first time we came up against them, it was only a couple of points difference um, up at their home ground. And then the second time, um, yeah, we had a few injuries that week, so we didn't have many players and they just blew out. So they, they got jump on us in that game. And what's the support been like around the Penrith community uh, building up to uh, throughout this finals campaign and now for your, for your big day on uh, this weekend? Yeah, it's, it's great actually because like, we've got four boys teams in the competition so they've all jumped on our Facebook page and said that they're all coming down so we should have a really big crowd there so it should be over about 60 odd boys down there to uh, help celebrate hopefully. And uh, hopefully they'll do the banner for you as well so you won't have to worry about that. Yeah, well, someone mentioned a guard of honour, so we'll see if they can keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, and just before we let you go as well, you obviously had the honour uh, this year of uh, twice pulling on a Sydney jumper and then pulling on a New South Wales ACT jumper. What, what was that like? Oh, look, that was a great experience. Um, you know, the place of Sydney alone was um, pretty remarkable, but then to go one further and put on a New South Wales jumper, like coming up against those girls and playing with those girls, it's just the talent ability is just great. Um, like, you know where the girls are and, you know, it's, they match your style as well. So it was, yeah, it was a remarkable experience. And just one last one before we let you go. We've been told you've got the nickname Killer. How did that come about? <laughs> uh, that was from my very first, one of my very first games. I came down and I put a hit on someone and obviously knocked her to the ground pretty good. And, yeah, and someone yelled out, oh, that was a killer shot. So then everyone started to call me Killer. Then on in. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Nikki. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on the GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. We wish your Penrith Ramets all the very best this weekend as you come up against Gosford in the Division 2 Sydney Women's AFL Grand Final.
Excellent. Thank you very much for the chat. And now it's time to go across to South Australia and the South Australian Women's Football League Grand Finals this Sunday, 3pm Division 2, 5pm Division 1. I have got our girlsplayfooty.com SA correspondent, Christy Williams, on the line. And Christy Williams, can you feel the Grand Final fever in the air? It is, and the weather over in South Australia is starting to get beautiful, so it's priming for a good contest. Well, before we talk about the uh, big grand finals uh, coming up this week and uh, the Best and Ferris Night just held recently over there in SA. Yeah, it was held last uh, Friday night and Emma Sampson, the full forward for West Adelaide, got the chocolate for the second time as a Dutch medalist, um, Best and Ferris for the league, and she also happened to take out the leading goal kicker. Not sure how many times in uh, men's history that would have happened, the Brownlow and the Coleman, but yeah, second time for her. And uh, she might be looking to add another medal to that uh, tally. But also, um, I believe, I think Youth Girls in Division 2 were awarded that night as well. Yeah, so Brittany Perry, who's uh, actually also a South Australian cricketer and uh, representative, won the, the Div 2 medal, um, which was really exciting for her. And uh, she'll be in the grand final as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully a good couple of a good couple of days for those two. Well, let's start off by looking at Grand Final Day, which is uh, coming up this Sunday. And, of course, it all starts at uh, 3 p.m. with the Division 2 Grand Final. Um, yes, it's, uh, I tipped uh, Engelvald to do very well um, in the uh, semi-final or the qualifying final, whatever you want to call it. And um, they ended up getting done by Adelaide Uni, so I don't know, don't know who to pick this week. It's um, after, after Adelaide Uni... Um, despite missing a few players, ended up beating Anglevale. Um, it's really thrown a spanner in the works, and it's, it really is anyone's guess at the moment. And I think Adelaide Uni, with a few um, players that might be retiring, might just keen to go out in the high. So keep an eye out for that game. 3pm, of course, happening at uh, Adelaide Airport Oval. But for those not aware of the sponsor's name, what is the real name of that ground? Everton Oval. I, I I don't really know what uh, Adelaide Airport are trying to do by advertising services, which are just down the road, but. Oval. Don't worry, the funny thing happens here, folks, in <laughs> Melbourne, where Werribee, they've turned Churnside Park into Avalon Airport over, which is about a 20-minute drive from Avalon <laughs> Airport. There's only one airport in Adelaide. So, uh, <laughs> they've kind of got the market sewn up. I'm not really sure what they're trying to do there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, let's continue on by having a look at the uh, big one. It is the Division 1 Grand Final, 5pm local time, uh, just like last year, West Adelaide and Morphville Park. Absolutely, and obviously, you know, beware the wounded animal. They'll they'll be pretty hungry after a close game last year. Um, Morfordville ended up uh, running away with it in the end with a bit more running power, but, no, oh, gee, it's, it's, they, they've won think, three out of their four encounters this year. Um, so, look, they, they, it's, they technically have the upper hand, I guess, even though Morfordville are the reigning premiers. Um, West Adelaide have won three of the four. This year, so I mean, who knows? <laughs> well, let's have a look. Let's let's break it down for a moment. Uh, first of all, for West Adelaide to win the premiership, who are some of these star players that need to stand up on Sunday? So I guess for me, when I've sat down and, and, and done the, the key matchups, Emma Sampson, um, as we mentioned earlier, the Dutch medalist um, and the leading goal kicker of the league, uh, she kicked um, four in the qualifying final. Um, and her matchup against Cat Williams is probably the best rebounding defender, um, but Ralph Smith has decided to stick on Sambo as the, the best physical matchup. It's really, it, it could essentially decide the game, I guess. Um, obviously, our midfield has to get it to her first, but 
so they can get it anywhere near here. Um, Samson and Samson Williams is probably the key matchup across the ground, I guess. And if you look at Morvettville Park, what are some of their prime movers that that need to get going to run West Adelaide off their legs like they did last year? Uh, well, yes, they've got a couple of massive ins this week. Courtney Cromie returns from a hamstring injury uh, she sustained in the draft game over at Etihad. Um, so while it's been a few weeks out, hopefully she's good to go and prime for big performance. And uh, a really uh, tough running win coming back from overseas uh, travel, Jenny Varnhagen, and she's a former South Australian representative as well. So her ability in the air and as a hard, hard runner... He's going to be massive in for them. Um, and, and they've just got to hope the dry weather would be nice, I guess, for Morfordville Park. But they've got, to, they've got to run them off their legs. And on the flip side, West Adelaide, they really have to grit it and give a bit of niggle and give a bit of fight and really take it to Morfordville Park and try and throw them off their game early. So for you, who's your tip and why? Oh, see, it, it, it really is tough to tip. I'd... All I can tip is that it's going to be a cracking game. I really don't know who's going to win. Um, I think I can see what happened last year happening again with a really close three-quarter performance and then Morfittville's running ability coming out in the last quarter. But if, if Morfittville get rattled early, they could definitely lose. Bar that, I think they should win if they're not really thrown off their game. I think they'll be primed to make it another victory. So a slight lean there to Morfittville Park. Very slight, with no confidence whatsoever. Now, before we let you go, we understand at this moment anyway, as we record this podcast on Tuesday evening, that uh, there isn't a live audio or video stream of the grand final. So I guess, fingers crossed, something happens during the week and and something happens somewhere. (laughs) Well, I'll try and uh, keep everyone updated on Twitter as best I can. And uh, hopefully Girls Play will do the same. But look... We're, I'm doing my best to try and uh, jangle the powers that be for a little bit of support. So, you know what? Might have good news in a couple of days, but if not, it's going to be a cracking game and anyone who's in Adelaide, get down to uh, Everton Oval at 3 o'clock for a couple of big games. And, of course, I just want to point out, while, while we're mentioning about streaming, if anyone has the opportunity, have a look at the wawfl.com.au website and the streaming they did of the league grand final there, which I think was three cameras, including a roving camera oh, going up and down the ground. That was, was fantastic. Out, it was outstanding. I forgot. That was TV quality, that was. I, I, Quite seriously. I think the Victorians <laughs> might need to be pointed out, saying not only are WA beating you on the field, it looks like they're beating you <laughs> off the field as well. Absolutely. And you know what? On-field success comes from off-field success so the more girls feel supported the more they'll feel they they want to give to the game so i think it goes hand in hand well christy thank you very much for joining us on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast we look forward to keeping an eye on your tweets if people want to follow your twitter accounts to keep an eye on what's happening in that sa grand finals yep it's christy christy 99 uh not very original but couldn't really come up with anything better for christy Wees. <laughs> And I thank Christy very much for her time. And hopefully we'll also have some tweets out via Girls Play Footy on Sunday night so you can keep up to date on what's happening in the South Australian Women's Football League Grand Final. And cross fingers, they're able to get some audio or video stream happening so uh, the rest of us around the country can find out what happens, particularly in that Division One Grand Final between West Adelaide and Morfordville Park. I'm Peter Holden. Time for me to get on out of here. And again, as I go, a reminder, please, 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 on Facebook or on Twitter, tell 
tell everyone about the girlsplayfooty.com radio broadcast, the VWFL Premier Division Grand Final. We get very little publicity, and anything that you do on Facebook or Twitter really does mean everything. Even if it's just one person doing it, believe me, it means a hell of a lot to us. Please tell people that they can go to girlsplayfooty.com Sunday, 1.30pm, and they can listen to the pregame show and then the live call of the Grand Final between Darabin and Diamond Creek from Coburg City Oval. It would certainly mean everything to us. Until next week, I've been Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company, and it's bye for now.